welcome to season one of the official P&O Cruises podcast, Heart to Heart with me, Amy Hart. I am so excited to be hosting this podcast. Some of you may know that I used to be cabin crew and my favorite thing was meeting new people, learning about their lives, asking them questions. So hosting this is an absolute dream come true. Across the series, we'll be meeting some well-known faces and we'll definitely learn a lot more about them. So what are we waiting for? Let's go and meet them. Today, my guest is singer and supermom Sophie Ellis Bexter, and I cannot wait to hear all about her life, career, and travels. Sophie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for asking me. That's right. I'm, we're in your house. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely amazing. <laughs> it is putting my really boring clinical new build to shame. <laughs> I'm actually obsessed. You know what? You could probably nick something and I wouldn't even notice. So get your big handbag out. So if you're listening, <laughs> basically, Sophie has the most amazing collection of what would you call them like trinkets or like memorabilia yeah I mean that's kind I think and I have referred to it as just rubbish someone else didn't want a lot of it is um stuff I find in vintage shops at car boot sales on eBay I'm just uh, you know I love stuff I also get things when I travel actually so a lot of things are from places I've been on tour far-flung places I've visited because I love bringing things back and having a little story with stuff makes me happy you've actually got some of the mouseketeer yeah um, dolls i can't turn around some word from the microphone but yeah i'm obviously obsessed with disney so i love that and i'm also obsessed with the queen the late queen so oh, i yeah. love the fact you've got a coronation pop-up book loved that yes and a queen puzzle like an old school one so this is the queen from the sort of 50s or 60s mm-hmm. i guess i've got a couple of mouseketeers now it's funny because someone once said to me, when did you start collecting dolls? And I said, I don't collect dolls. And then I realized like, I do actually. Yeah. I just didn't really realize that's what I was doing. I also think when the kids are older, they're going to confess that 90% of what I've bought scares them. I think a lot of it's got a creepy aspect. Quite like things that in a, don't mean to be creepy, but they're just a bit off. So you've got like a spooky doll. I'm, I'm probably going to quite like her. I'll give her a home. Yeah, you'll give her a home. <laughs> like you know like weird barbie in the barbie film yeah you're like i will have you oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she can come she'll be right at home <laughs> what would you say is your favorite thing that you've bought away from like travels oh golly just one i mean right so i'm looking behind you i'm trying to see where i've got things from so i can see things i've bought in eastern europe i've spent a lot of time in places like ukraine and lithuania um i can see things from a trip when i went to india i can see things from thailand i'm really lucky and i have to say one of the things i absolutely adore about my job is travel and it has never failed to impress me those days where you have you know really early breakfast in your own kitchen and by lunchtime you're somewhere in europe and you're having you know pasta on the beach or something for lunch i think we're so lucky especially in the uk because so many places you know you have to travel very far to be somewhere and you're just completely immersed in a different culture. I just absolutely adore that feeling. I know, and I also love the fact that, you know, I mean, I take for granted the fact that like, I've grown up in Worthing, mm. that Gatwick Airport's 40 minutes away. Like, I never think about people that live like five hours away from an airport. And yeah. also like Gatwick and Heathrow go to everywhere. I'm 20 minutes and, from Heathrow here. Yeah. And um, I think from when I was little, my parents encouraged me to to be curious about the world. And my dad especially was really good at getting me to do this thing where he'd t- get me to take a snapshot with my mind. So when I was eight, uh, I went to visit family in Canada. And from mm-hmm. there, we did a big road trip through North Dakota and South Dakota and oh, saw wow. Mount Rushmore. And he said to me, right, look at this scene. You know, there's Niagara Falls, there's Mount Rushmore. Take a photo in your mind. And it really worked. Mm. So I've got all these like files in my head from all this travel. And I think, I think if you can sort of, Go somewhere where you're completely foreign, you, all your reference points are gone, yeah. and you can just have that wonder. 
it's a really good thing if that doesn't freak you out too much and you've got that wanderlust and I've definitely got it and I want my kids to have it too. Yeah. We want to do 89 days in America mm. um, when my boyfriend uh, moves on from his business. We want to do 89 days. Why 89? Because you can only do 90 on a, uh, on a, oh. on a visa. Oh, it's so practical. Need, yeah, you know, one, one, <laughs> one buffer day just in case your flight's cancelled. No, that's good. I thought maybe there was like a mystical no, reason. No, no it's literally <laughs> no. just the practicality. It's admin. Like the, like the absolute most it's red you can tape. do. Okay. Would you say North and South Dakota is worth a visit? Because it's not on my list. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about the States is um, people get really familiar with the coasts. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I've always wanted to do a road trip for sure. And yeah. there's still so many places I haven't been. And uh, yeah, I think it's quite fun. I remember one time I did a trip I was lucky enough to have a job in New Orleans. Yeah. And New Orleans is an extraordinary place. You've got to fit that into your okay. 89 days. And um, when I was there, I walked into this shop and they had a big globe. And I just had that feeling, you know, when you suddenly realize like how teeny tiny yeah. you are. And I could see on the globe, I could spin it and see where I was. And I was like, it's mad that right now I'm somewhere so other. You yeah. know, I've never been here before. I might never cross paths with these people ever again. But what an experience. And then you take away all these stories that you yeah. then you know, pull out of your head and remember these crazy things that happened there. I did a haunted, a haunted tour of New Zealand, New oh, Orleans, okay. which is great. It's supposed to be the most haunted state in America. Okay. So I recommend that. I like that. Mm. Um, so aside from your big road trip, where did you used to go on holiday when you were a kid? Uh, Europe. Like yeah. probably like most kids of the 80s, it was um, packing up the car and traveling to the south of France. Yeah. And my parents had... Um, a little caravan that my dad made me call a jeet because that's the <laughs> French for a small house. It was a caravan. I wasn't allowed to call it a caravan. Um, a caravan. <laughs> no, it was like definitely a caravan. But basically they made it with, um, they put a wooden roof on it and a little um, decking outside so that it was, it didn't move anywhere. Mm. And it was on a caravan site and it had there a little um, pool and then we go to the beach in this place called Saint-Maxime which is a lot of French families going down there. It's not too far from the places that are a bit more jugie, like Saint-Tropez, yeah. but it's definitely much more um, bucket and spade territory. Yeah. It's really fun. Oh, amazing. So then, obviously, you grew up. Mm -hmm. What were your first jobs? Oh, first, I haven't, it's not a very long list. My CV is quite limited, actually. I had a Saturday job in a hairdresser's. Nice. And I had a Sunday job for a little while in a shop in Covent Garden that sold, like, antique prints. Which is uh it was, yeah i found it quite boring if i'm honest like there wasn't high demand so there was a lot of time just sat there mm. this is the days before mobile phones so i wasn't able to just sit there texting yeah. anything my mum always jokes that the closest i've come to a regular job is when i did strictly because yeah. that was the most consistent yeah. i was actually going back to the same place mostly i'm a bit more nomadic because mm. you know it's yeah. musician's life i guess we'll talk about strictly in a minute <laughs> i'm obsessed i love it um, so you did Groove Jet, wasn't mm. it? That was your first thing that you did. Well, I, I was actually yeah. in a little indie band before okay. that, which I'm really glad about that happened because I was in a band called The Audience. We signed a record deal when I was 18. Oh, amazing. And that basically gave me a crash course in so much aspect of the music industry and what it was like to be in a band. And we split up and had been dropped from the label by the time I was 20. Yeah. So I felt quite high and dry. And then GrooveJet came along to save me in lots of ways, not just because of its commercial success, but it also changed my perspective and yeah. introduced my, my head to the idea of actually being able to sing different genres. And that yeah. was all okay. I didn't have to stick in indie music, even though that's still close to my heart. Yeah. yeah. And then how did your life change after that? Well, I guess at first uh, it was probably a bit... Um, a bit of a kind of thing that kind of picked me up and whirled me around a little bit, mm. but could have just put me down and then yeah. everything simmers down again. So Groove Jet as a song, it 
it was a really big um, track, but in those days, this was in the year 2000, which is how mm-hmm. I always know how old Groove Jet is, so it's 23 now. It was very much the era of the DJ. So being the vocalist on a dance yeah. track didn't guarantee anything, no. really. Um, and my manager at the time stopped working with me the same mm-hmm. week it came out. He didn't really understand why I'd done a dance track, yeah. which is fine. He just you know, held his hands up like, I can't help yeah. you with that. And he said to me, one bit of advice, don't go and sing in all the clubs. Well, I'd been previous to that, dropped, didn't have yeah. any money, nothing going on. I sang in all those clubs. I was yeah. like, sorry, but I'm going to completely <laughs> disregard that. So I think I was very fortunate that I actually, out of Groovejet, was offered a solo deal. Yeah. And I totally grabbed it with both hands. I was like, I know getting another crack of this is actually a really big deal so when I did my solo album and had songs on it like Take Me Home and Murder on the Dance Floor songs I still sing now Murder Um, on the Dance Floor is I've literally while we're talking I've literally I can see the video in my head like the dance competition it's it's where where I'm evil it's cheating. iconic, iconic. <laughs> and my mum used to have the album in the car because my dad always used to buy my mum like three different CDs at Christmas and that was one of them yeah. so we always Aww. had your album but Take Me Home share song isn't it it is a share song yeah I did not know that until a drag queen in Brighton was like I'm gonna sing Take Me Home but also uh also a share song well check out the share version if you haven't already because it's beautiful so it's from the 70s it came out in 1977 mm was never released in the UK. Um, but I heard it because when I was doing those club shows that yeah. I wasn't supposed to do, um, my tour manager at the time had a Larry Levan DJ, this DJ who used to DJ mm. a place in New York called the Paradise Garage. It was a compilation of loads of stuff he DJed. Yeah. And one of the songs was this seven minute version of Take Me Home. And I just fell in love with it. Yeah. And so when I signed to Polydor, I was putting together the album. I said, I'd really love to do a cover of this yeah. song. I just adore it. And I liked the fact that it hadn't been released here. Yeah. Because it felt like it's not like a completely easy punt. Like the UK don't know. It. It's not like yeah. they're going to go, oh, this was a hit back in the day. Yeah. So I felt like I could build my own relationship with it. But the original, I still adore yeah. it. It's just Have glorious. you ever met Cher? Or do, I haven't. Or does she know about the song? Like- well, I'll tell you something <laughs> funny. So when I was doing the song... Um, the lyrics in it, the original, the share version, are quite mature. Yeah. She sang about like making love and all yes. this by the, by the fire. And I was like, I was 21. I was like, I'm not thinking <laughs> about making love. No, thanks. So um, I changed a lot of the lyrics. Yeah. I basically made up this story kind of as a bit of a see how far it would go. I made up a story that Cher had heard my version and didn't like it and said it was too raunchy. It was complete rubbish. I don't think she's ever heard it. I don't think she knows about me still. I just basically thought it was quite good sport to pretend that she'd been offended by the raunchiness of my lyrics. I don't think, <laughs> can imagine me offending, shocking Cher. Shocking is, Cher. That, is that possible? <laughs> um, what is the best job you've ever done? Oh, well, it's like singing job or just, just generally. anything. Like, obviously, I know you have, you've done so many different things, like the Lego Masters. <laughs> um, but, like, obviously, is there one thing that you thought, like, oh, wow, I really, really loved that? Well, I guess... I mean, I, there's lots of things I try my hand at, but music is ul- yeah. completely where all roads lead. Yeah. And it's the bit of me that is, oh, sorry, it's the bit of me that is the, the you know, the, the resonates with me the most. And that's the thing I'll, I hope yeah. I always do. And I guess it's more like there's moments in, in what I do that just feel really special. So this summer has just been incredible. I've been doing lots of festivals and for an artist like me to be doing, having new adventures and things like, I don't know, Olive White's main stage and doing the pyramid stage at Glastonbury. Yeah. It's like, there's just a few moments where you really do have to just be completely there and present and just think this is incredible. And I was, I was like actually like beaming from the moment I woke up when I was playing Glastonbury's main stage. And 
that's really special. Like even now I'm like, it's a wonderful feeling when there's something that happens that nothing can yeah. diminish. It mm. stays like preserved as like a glorious thing that we all got to do. And I'd say we like, my husband Richard's in my band, my live band, my brother Jack's on drums, my yeah. sister Martha was side of stage, my eldest boy Sonny was there. Aww. The sun was shining, Sunday afternoon, it was perfect. Amazing. So your mum says that the only proper job you ever had was Strictly. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy it? You know what I did? And it gave me, oh wow, what an education in performance. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that, uh, I was, I'd already been singing then for, you know, yeah. nearly 20 years, but there was still a lot of me that was probably quite introverted and shy and I really do think it allowed me um, probably much to my children's horror to become more um, uninhibited on stage which is a really happy feeling actually yeah. and now that I'm in my 40s I feel like that that little voice that used to worry about being cool like she's totally like mute now yeah and I think Strictly was a big part of that because I watched those dancers and I saw you can't make something too big yeah and I saw the joy that you watched, not from actually people being the best dancers, but the people that were having the most fun. Yeah. I think that's the charm in it. And I'd never watched the show when I did it. And I remember watching Deborah Meaden do a quick step and her face was beaming. She literally loved it. Yeah, she too. did. And I thought, I get it now. I get the charm yeah. in this show. And, um, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous environment. You're having to learn these new dances. You get given it on a Monday. You do it live in front of millions of people on Saturday night. Like even now that's like, that's a bonkers equation, but what a, what a ride! And I'm yeah. so happy I got to do so many different styles of yeah. dance. Like, what was who your gets... favorite style? Uh, my favorite was the Charleston, but I still think it's hilarious that I've done like I've done a Pasadena live yeah. on telly. That's like so ridiculous. <laughs> and every week when you do it, there's the voice of God going, "And now dancing the <laughs> American Smooth Foxtrot," and then you hear your name after it, yeah. like. Sorry, what? <laughs> Sorry, no, <laughs> so it's a little bit like I'm about yeah. to do a foxtrot. But something clicks in when that music starts and you just yeah. realise there's no getting out of this now. Better dance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Terrifying. But also completely exhilarating. Yeah. Mm. So going back to travel, mm -hmm. um, as an adult now, sort of what is on your travel bucket list? So many places. I mean, like I said, I have been incredibly lucky and my passport is, you know, pretty well stamped. But... I've never been to Vietnam. I'd love to go mm. there. Um, I'd like to go back to India and places like Kerala. I've never been there. I'd like to do more exploring. There's so many places I'd like to revisit. Yeah. It's never kind of diminished my mm. love of doing yeah. those things. I always love the adventure of it. And I hear stories of other musicians where they'll get to a place and they'll just stay in their hotel room. Yeah. That will never be me. And no. luckily it's never, never Richard either. So we will definitely eke out yeah. every hour, every experience. We will hit the ground running We'll go off and explore. We'll go and, you know, eat all the food and go yeah. and visit them. And if you can swim in the sea, amazing. And yeah, I'm very good actually yeah. at, at getting the most out of wherever yeah. I find myself, even if it's only 24 hours. So are you more of like a cultural adventurer kind of traveler? So instead of like, if, if you had the choice between going to like a little quaint sort of B&B &B in like Indonesia somewhere and sort of going out in rather than like an all-inclusive hotel in Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to know the culture. I yeah. want to get immersed in it. And the nice thing is, um, you know, a lot of uh, tourists, and I've definitely been part of this yeah. equation, a lot of tourists, you know, we can be quite predictable in our patterns. Yeah. So you don't, you don't have to be that crazy to fall out of yeah. that and find yourself somewhere that yeah. feels like you're just you and you're not hearing you know, British voices behind yeah. you and you're like, oh, wow, I've I've stumbled across somewhere. And obviously now with the internet and having all of that information on our phones, mm -hmm. you know, you can do some amazing things. I remember I went, um, I was on tour in Europe in the spring 
Um, we went to Poland. I've been to Poland lots of times, but this time was the first time I'd been. I'd read up online about these places called the Milk Bars, and they were around during the Soviet era. And so we went to this place. It's just full of locals. It's all sort of proper Eastern European food. There's no frills with it, yes. but it's amazing venues. And all of these milk bars have all kept their character from that yeah. era. And I was like, I would never have known to do no. that if I hadn't had access to all that information online. Yeah. Are you like a planned packer or are you a spontaneous night before? Like I, I normally, before I had Stanley, and mm. I mean, to be fair, I was still up last time I went away, even if I had him. I used to be up till three o'clock in the morning the night before packing. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, be pretty last minute. I'm a musician, yeah. so my plans can change very last yeah. minute. We can have things... I can find out I'm going somewhere with not much planning. But the thing that I hope you'll be moderately impressed with is I'm absolutely obsessed with hand luggage only. I, I take as few things as possible. I I can do 10 days away, one bag, no trouble. What? I see it as a complete challenge. Oh my God. I've done full family trips, all seven of us, all hand luggage. I love it. Like, oh God, it's I a weird- I to you. It's a I, weird thing to find exciting, but I really get excited if I've done see, it. See, I'm the night before <laughs> booking extra suitcases nah. and Sam's going, I mean, we don't need all this stuff. Me and my best friend went to Spain just after lockdown finished. Like the, the borders reopened, we went to Spain. And between the two of us, for yeah. eight days, we had 72 kilos of luggage. What? My friends are planning my hen do next year. Mm -hmm. And they said like, okay, like tell us what. And I was like, okay, no trainers, mm -hmm. no life drawing, no... Inst inst trainers for other people? No, no, as in like no activities where I have to wear oh, trainers. Oh, you're thinking like, like comfortable like, footwear? No. <laughs> I was no, like, wow, that's I don't want to go on assault. Has to be stilettos. <laughs> All the time. No, I don't want to, no, I don't want to do an assault course. So no activities include trainers, no life drawing. Uh, I can't think what that one That's was. That's so specific. No, like, do some people do that on their Yeah, hand? I don't like I've it. I've never been invited um, to one of them. And then I said, oh, no, no, unst, unst, unst. Yeah. Um, clubbing. Yeah. And under no circumstances should I be hand luggage only. I need at least 23 kilos. <laughs> Golly. Okay, well, so I understand My, my mum is the queen of hand luggage only. Because we've got a place in it. Spain, we have all stuff left out there. But I still took three cases i don't know why I, if i have to check in a bag i feel i've failed a little bit i'm a bit disappointed in no. myself but what is quite funny is if i do have the opportunity to check a bag i will take absolutely everything oh yeah i'm like woohoo i can yeah. just chuck who cares if i wear that but quite often i have to do what i call like in my head like day to night barbie vibes yes. so i'll have like this is my stage wear and then it has to be like and then there's my other wear for yeah. like my travel day okay i've got a little bit of press to do on that day so i'll have all my things yeah. like ticked and i'll try and like cross pollinate and yeah. very little and outerwear if i'm going somewhere yeah. that's hot and um even with that though i invariably find i've taken something i don't need yeah mm -hmm. um do you have any like traditions like, i know you say about doing different things every time you go away but do you have like things that are like set in stone every time you travel well i think definitely trying to get the most out of all your meal times is a yeah. bit of a yeah i like to eat um I don't want to waste any of the meal opportunities when you're somewhere else and you can try some incredible food. And yeah. even if you were to have that same meal back home, it always tastes better yeah. in that environment, you know, with all the hubbub of wherever you find yourself. So that's something I feel I will travel, you know, yeah. within that environment to find the right, the best places to eat. It can be street food. It can be in a market. It can be a restaurant. Yeah. It's unlikely to be anything too fancy, to be honest. I yeah. think you can find such amazing stuff. And I think actually probably just not wasting any time. Yeah. I think, you know, you don't want to come back and think, oh, actually, you know, we, we were by the pool for ages, but we could have been out having some fun. I mean, look, sometimes you want to have some down yeah. days, but I quite often have really short amounts of time places and yeah. then I have to move on to the next stop. So I just want to have like 
a memory of everywhere, really. Yeah. It's important to me. Snapshot in your head. I like yeah. that. I'm going to get Sally to do that one. Yeah, it does work actually. Yeah. Oh, and any markets are always good. Yeah. I like finding stuff. And it's always that nice feeling while you're building your home. If you're like, oh, actually, I found, you know, that rug somewhere and I would never have seen it again. And I picked yeah. it up and now it's here. And you kind of like start telling a story with the stuff yeah. you have. Talking of food, you did a PO Cruises holiday in 2019, didn't mm. you? And the food on the ship is just wall to wall, isn't it? Well, we got lucky in every direction when we went on our piano cruise because we had all the lovely stuff that was on the ship, but we also stopped off in loads of different places around Europe. Yeah. And, you know, as we've been talking about, it totally suited my mentality of being able to just immerse yourself and have this experience. And, you know, one day I remember walking around the Ramblas in Barcelona and eating like razor clams in the middle of the food market there. And then the next day, I think we went to Pisa and it's just this thing. I loved the fact that you were chopping and changing your background and everywhere you went was somewhere really exciting. Yeah. You know, it was none of it where you're thinking, oh, shucks, it's only can today. You know, yeah. but everything was gorgeous. And yeah, everything that was happening on the ship was really fun too. I remember we would get back on and then stay up really quite late with the smalls because they were having all these discos every yeah. night. And quite a few of my kids really love a boogie. So, <laughs> you know, I remember having to sort of drag them out of some of the events and it was really fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Stanley going to kids club and stuff. Oh, he'll love it. Yeah. But not even the kids club. There's lots of stuff that was very family and yeah. you can all be together. And it's really, yeah. it was lovely actually. They all had a ball. And um, we had quite a funny thing actually because... So Ray, he's now 11, so back then he would have been, oh, let me think, because I was actually pregnant when I went on that trip, so that would have been my four-year-old, so Ray must have been about six, and he got really obsessed with the um, hand sanitizer that they had on the ship. Foreshadowing. Well, actually, he was, because firstly, it was quite a quirky thing to be so obsessed with. He just yeah. loved it, and we, I would actually be able to say to him, you know, oh, if you don't stop doing X, Y, Z, then maybe you won't get that hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite a weird threat to have yeah. for a kid anyway. But secondly, when he finished the cruise and I bought him his own one, mm. and then there was suddenly a pandemic and a run on that stuff, it became like, hang on a minute, go to his bedroom, yeah. he's still got that vat of, <laughs> of hand gel. How wonderful. <laughs> now, in lockdown, obviously, you did your amazing kitchen discos. Like, what inspired that? Like, what gave you the idea? Oh, golly, what inspired it? I, uh, I suppose fundamentally feeling completely discombobulated by the lockdown. So we did our first kitchen disco, which people who don't know what I'm talking about, it was a live stream disco that we would do on a Friday night at half past six on my Instagram. Where I would sing some of my songs, sing some covers, uh, along with my captive audience, aka my five children. Yeah. Uh, who disappointingly aren't all fans. They would get quite bored with what I was doing quite quickly, actually. Start off jumping <laughs> yeah. and then just flop on the sofa. Yeah. Um, but we did it the first Friday of the first UK lockdown, mm -hmm. actually, because we'd been in our own family lockdown from about a week before that because this was in the stage where there weren't any tests or anything like yeah. that. So one of the kids had got cough, which meant everybody had to come home, which meant we were all yeah. at home for 10 days. So we'd already started to lose mm. our marbles by the time I put on my first sequin catsuit and said, Okay, let's do it. And yeah. it was Richard's idea. He's like, why don't we do this? I think I just wanted to connect with everybody yeah. and also give a bit of a shape to my day. I didn't really, I needed yeah. something to focus on, I yeah. think. What was your favourite song that you sang on the Kitchen Discos? Oh, well, I love doing all the covers because, yeah. you know, whilst it might have given the impression online that our house was constantly sequins and disco balls, it was, loads of it was domestic. You know, the yeah. disco was five, half an hour on a Friday night, yeah. but the rest of the time, like everybody else was, 
stress and worrying about stuff and watching the news and flipping shed loads of laundry. And trying um, to homeschool. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, I gave up on pretty quickly, actually, because <laughs> if I wanted to do that, I would have been doing that already. It was yeah. not something I loved myself to very easily. So every week I would do a cover or two, like sing songs I loved. And it was really useful just to give my brain a little test. It'd be like, yeah. I'd be literally like bathing the kids and, you know, practicing the rap, what I was doing or working out the key for the best key to do the songs. Yeah. And and then Richard would do all the sound stuff. So he would help me with like any edits or if mm. I needed to like pitch something, it was brilliant. It was like a yeah. thing that both of us felt like this is somewhere, a place we can go when we need somewhere else. Because I think that's probably like a lot of people, the thing I struggled with the most was the stress, but also the lack of headspace. I felt like quite sort of hemmed in. So going, hang on a minute, never mind all that. I've got to learn this Julie Andrews song from The Sound of Music. Yeah. Right, let me practice it again. <laughs> I mean, the kids would absolutely, I'm sure they were thinking, can you stop singing? singing. <laughs> but um, in fact, I did break my phone during lockdown in a very camp way where I was practicing there are worst things I could do from Greece and I was really near the end and one of the kids went stop singing I went I just have to practice and I slammed my phone down the whole thing shattered and I was like I think that's a sign of how tense you know how yeah. tense though it could be during that that moment I mean golly yeah. I mean if you could if you could collaborate with anyone on a song who would it be well the first person I thought when you said it oh god I mean Julie Andrews she can do anything yeah. on anything at any time but uh Dolly Parton I think would be yes. pretty special because she's such a storyteller yeah. and clearly you know, one of the world's good guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think I'd love to just watch her in action. And apparently she's a prolific songwriter and gets up about four every morning and writes a song every day, oh. which I think is a practice. I mean, uh, the guys from ABBA are like that too. They said, okay. you know, you, it's a muscle you've got to keep flexed. And sometimes you're going to write a hit, but a lot of times you're just writing and writing. And I oh, think wow. um, I'm interested in that because from our point of view, we just see the stuff that's worked. But obviously there's all that craft yeah. and experience that goes into it. And obviously, what a woman. What's your favourite Dolly song? I mean, I do just love all the really classic ones. I think Jolene is mm. an exquisite song. I mean, what an elegant song about, you know, imploring a woman who could take your your partner and saying, look, of course you could, but just please don't. Like, yeah. It really gets me. Yeah. It's so heartfelt. And it's not a perspective we often hear of a woman yeah. speaking to another woman like that yeah. and saying look, you could have your choice of men, but for me, yeah. I could never love again. Yeah. It's just, oh, I mean, Dolly has a way with words, doesn't she? She does. And then I'm like, I like Two Doors Down because there's a slot machine in a casino in Vegas that plays it when you win. Really? Oh, yeah. oh that's cool. <laughs> and it has the music video as your as your um, total is racking up. Amazing. And I'd never heard it before. I'd obviously heard all like yeah. all like, the big ones. I'd never heard Two Doors Down until my my counter was racking up. And I was like, oh, I like this song. And you associate it with success. Your yeah. endorphins yeah. were pumping yeah. and you're like, exactly. I love this music. Exactly. <laughs> Hard. How about your ringtone? <laughs> so you've now got your Radio 2 show, mm. your Kitchen Discos. How fun is that to do? It's perfect. I mean, yeah, I absolutely love making the radio show. And it's basically a show. We call it the Kitchen Disco. So we just play party classics. Yeah. So I feel like I have a really fun job. I just, me and my producer, David, just put together loads of songs that we hope people will just like make their day go a little bit smoother yeah. or just, you know, soundtrack something. Or if they're doing something mundane, it can just give them a lift. And then... Me being me, I like to put in these themed bits where I do like songs on a specific theme yeah. and they're usually quite quirky. I mean, Radio 2 often suggests them more like, they'll be like summer classics. I'm like, sure, but have you thought about doing songs that have brackets in the title or <laughs> songs where all of them are about body parts? You know? So I like to push the notion of a theme. Yeah. And <laughs> um, we have a playlist called Kitchen Vibes, mm -hmm. which is 
at the end of the party when everyone like when the the last dregs of people like at our family party the last dregs of people are all around the kitchen island oh yeah and then kitchen vibes is the is the playlist that comes out and it's oh, got cool. things like the only fools and horses theme tune <laughs> um and uh only fools and horses minder yeah uh forever in blue jeans ryan saying cowboy all these absolute oh, gorgeous because yeah. we have a thing where if people are starting to put their coats on my brother quickly puts on only fools and horses and by the time it's like bush 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 yeah. bush everyone's got their coats on jumping around literally and it gets everyone back up again it's a tune yeah now let's talk about your podcast as well mm. now i have been on your podcast Yay. spinning plates it was amazing it was such a fun podcast thank you what made you want to start it so spinning plates is all speaking to working women who happen to be mothers and it it's, ends up being a chat about how motherhood has changed you but all, all through the prism of your relationship with your work. Yeah. And I think that came about because when I had my first baby, Sunny, who's now um, nearly 20, it sort of knocked me for six really and I think it took me quite a while to find my feet again after just in, in my sense of self. Mm. And how I was going to continue to do what I loved with music now that I was also a new mum. And I think also whenever I find myself, you know, sitting down at the bus stop next to a woman and we get chatting or at work or anything, invariably, if we find that we both have kids, the conversation yeah. turns to that, that sphere. Yeah. And I thought, actually, these conversations are really, I think they're interesting. I think they're important. I think there's a lot about women's work that we can... You can learn from, you know, the, the wisdom of others, but also there's so much that bonds people, no matter what you perceive their life to be. Yeah. A lot of the things they're coming up against and the emotions they encounter are the same. But I do love, I think I'm also just like a really curious bird and I love hearing about why mm. people do what they do. Yeah. It inspires me. And I think it sort of actually helped me give even more permission to myself to embrace my work and to give it proper space. Yeah. And I think before I started having these chats, I was still quite, I could kind of belittle my work a little bit, really. I could say to the kids, oh, I've got to go away and do this, but I, you know, I, I hate having to leave you and I'm so sorry. And, oh, it's only a little thing and I'll be back quick. And now I've slightly shifted it where I say, you know, look, I'm going away because I really love what I do and yeah. I need to work and it, I, I need it because, you know, roof over our head, but yeah. I also need it for my sense of who I am. And I've worked really hard to get the opportunities I have and they might not be there again in the future. Yep. So this is just all about seizing it and don't worry, you're safe. I'm, I'm with you no matter if I'm physically there or not, yep. but I need to go and do what I do. And I, I think it helped me reframe that a little bit. But yeah, some people's jobs as well, they're like, yeah. I mean, I spoke the other day to a woman who is a long lens camera woman for wildlife. So she goes away for six weeks at a time and wow. just spends 16 hour days filming an elephant or a lion I'm like oh my god tell me about that that's fascinating yeah. I have no idea what that must feel like I want to know all about it so I just yeah I, I can't I'm always finding new people and thinking oh, tell me more about how you got into that yeah yeah okay I have three questions about your guests I have who was your favorite guest Oh, well, actually, my favorite guest was when I spoke to my mum, which sounds Amazing. weird because obviously I have access to her yeah. as a conversational person quite frequently. But actually, we we would never have had that no. conversation if I hadn't set that, that you know, yeah. that theme for the day that we were going to talk about how she felt about having me, about how I changed her relationship at work, how she went back yeah. to work. I was really little when she went back to work and she'd just come out of drama school, had me pretty young then did things like Blue Peter and stuff like this when I was already four and I wanted yeah. to hear more about it. And I just don't think we would ever have talked no. about it. And it was really interesting to hear 
all of that. And I wish my granny had been around. Oh my yeah. gosh, I would have had her on the heartbeat. I would love to have heard her story too. Yeah. But there's, yeah, still loads of people I want to speak to. Um, who were you most starstruck by? I don't know about starstruck. Like, I've had people where I've been quite like, yeah. oh, I've got to really know my stuff. I spoke to a lady called uh, Gina Miller who took the government yeah. to court over Brexit. Um, so she's, you know, whip smart. Um, I, I just felt like I have to really know my stuff yeah. here about the ins and outs of the legality and what it, what role she played in it. Yeah. And, you know, there's some women I meet like that and, you know, I've met, been spoken to politicians and people yeah. like that and you just think, if I if I don't seem like I know what I'm talking about, this is going to be really awkward. Yeah. So I think every once in a while, or if someone's had a very long, illustrious career and a lot of it's been public and I feel like I'm studying for mastermind yeah. and I have to, like, my specialist subject is them. Yeah. <laughs> and who is your dream guest? I'd love to speak to an astronaut. Okay. I would love to speak to... Um, yeah, a female astronaut who's had to go away to the International Space Station, leaving their child back on back on planet Earth. Mm. And, um, you know, just the, the idea of that, the magnitude of it, what goes into being, you know, a space engineer in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's what's not interesting about any of that stuff? Well, if any of you are watching, <laughs> yeah. please get in touch. Thank you. Yeah. Any astronauts who also uh, like cruises. <laughs> So we're now into the penny drop moment segment of the podcast. This is basically a moment on board your piano cruises holiday where you went, yes, this is why I love this. This is why I'm here. This is why I want to come back. What was yours? It's actually really easy for me that because um, I've spoken to you a lot about these bits where I've had, you know, short spaces of time in different cities when I'm mm -hmm. traveling. All of that stuff is basically happening when I'm working. Yeah. So I, you know, that's me when it's just me on my own or me with my band or me with Richard. But the piano cruises holiday allowed me to do all the fun stuff of that, but with my children and with the absolute bliss of getting back on the ship and having a brilliant time when we got to yeah. the next bit. So all the if I was planning that from a standing start of like we're yeah. gonna right we're gonna go to um, you're gonna be in Rome and then we're gonna go to Alicante and I've got to plan all this thing of traveling yeah. around seven different cities in a week. That would be really stressful. Yeah. So all the stress of that, you know, one of my children was really little when I did yeah. that holiday. He was only two. So you know what it's like traveling with small yeah. people. Um, so all of that, the hassle and the paraphernalia and the stress, which would have definitely put me off if it was yeah. just me doing it in any other way, vanished. Yeah. And we just could get back on the ship in the evening. We had a couple of days at sea. And they were having just as much fun with the transport. Yeah. That became, that was all part of the holiday yeah. too. So that was really brilliant. And they they still speak about it now, actually. Yeah. We were talking to my friend about that, actually, because she was saying about, you know, you don't have to go near an airport, like, unless you fly in at the beginning, at the end. But, like, to get to all these different places, you don't have to go through passport control. You don't have to go to an airport. You don't have no. to, you know, you don't have to get on and off things. You travel while you sleep. And then every exactly. morning you wake up somewhere different. I know. How magical is that? It's brilliant. Actually, I loved um, every morning. We had a balcony cabin. We are really lucky. And just opening the curtains every morning and seeing what was outside. Yes. It's just, it's I don't think you're quite prepared for the first time you see that view, are you? Like, no. oh, wow, that's incredible. I love it. So obviously your life is here, there and everywhere. You're traveling for work all the time. What does like a week in your life look like? Yeah, I think my friends get quite sort of bamboozled sometimes because they can't quite work out like oh hang on a minute I thought you were in that country I mean I'm quite used to having to do things very back to back so for example this week I did um an event where I sang in Dubai so I was there for two nights but I sang like very late on the second one I think I was mm -hmm. on about one in the morning then I was lobby called by 6 a.m uh, by early afternoon back in the UK, then sang again that night at a 
a, a brilliant event raising money for Terence Higgins that was in central London. Then I had another event on the weekend um, and the Sussex countryside followed by another event with my band um, at Butlins, Bognor Regis. Amazing. <laughs> Just down the road from me. Yeah. So it can be super varied. A lot of it is living out of a suitcase, but pretty happily so actually. Yeah. And a lot of my suitcase is filled with twinkly things. Amazing. Um, I like, you know, traveling light. I mean, I mentioned the hand luggage, but it's not just about that. I do all my own. I like getting myself ready. So I do my own makeup and hair when I'm doing a gig. And yeah. I just quite like, I think there's a part of me that likes going very much back to sort of like quite basics, yeah. the simplistics. I think probably because a lot of my job can be weird and wonderful. Mm. So the more I can feel like I've got my, you know, I'm quite sort of um, nomadic and I've got the things I need close to me yeah. and less fuss. Yeah the more I can sort of process what I'm getting up to and focus on the things yeah. I'm doing. I don't think having five kids is if you want a quiet life. I don't think being a musician is if you want a boring <laughs> life, you know? So while sometimes it can be, you know, your mind can be spinning a little bit, it is definitely never dull. Is it amazing having like a busy house with five kids? Because I want loads of kids. <laughs> like, You know what? I really love, I think you have to love that kind of big family energy. Yeah. It definitely has a certain take on it. And when I meet people who've also got four, five, six, seven kids. It, we all understand that what that means in terms of, yeah, the craziness, um, things happening in every corner, having to react to stuff, a lot of problem solving. Yeah. But also, you know, like any big family event, it's all the quirky stuff that you can't plan for that becomes the yeah. brilliant stuff, you know. Things when, you know, things have gone wrong or funny things or just unexpected stuff. And, you know, my kids all individual there's a lot of eccentricity running through the whole family I think <laughs> but I really hope they look back and think that their childhood was lots of fun because yeah. it's definitely I mean I find it really brilliant and such a good antidote to a lot of my the world I inhabit when I'm on stage yeah I come here and like I come home drop my bags and no one asks me how my day was so they just tell me all about what they did at school yeah and that's that's what I want oh, I love that <laughs> what's your dinner party story like what's one story that you've got that you tell everyone like what's your favorite anecdote well I think the thing that we get asked about well if you come around here for dinner you'll yeah. see it in the driveway so a few years ago I worked with Save the Children and yeah. I was lucky enough to do this trip and Richard came to where we went to Delhi and we were seeing how the Christmas jumper day appeal how the results of that fundraising had benefited people in Delhi and these families and these amazing kids and while we were there, Richard and I, we were traveling to meet this family and we saw these, all these tuk-tuks everywhere, yeah. you know, the rickshaws and Richard in passing. I don't even know if he was joking to him. I said, those would be quite fun for the school run. So we get back to the hotel and I'm like, actually, you can get tuk-tuk.co.uk. So in our driveway, we have the same colors and everything, the Mumbai tuk-tuk. Oh my God, amazing. Um, and that's literally what we use for the school run. So I don't know if everybody comes back from Delhi and buys a tuk-tuk, but... We did. It's so you quite... take your kids to school on a tuk-tuk? We do, that yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> it's quite insane, isn't it? The little ones absolutely love it. <laughs> the teenagers, a little bit embarrassed. It's fine. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's actually, like, really good fun. What does everyone at school say? That's amazing. You know what? We get a lot of people saying that's a really clever idea. Yeah. I mean, look, everybody's looking for cool ways to travel around. It's so electric. I was going to say, it's yeah. not like a pedal one. No, so the way that the tuk-tuks work is they've got a scooter in the front and then three seats in the back that have the seat belts and everything. Richard did get it kitted out. One of his friends bought him this horn that's like you it's got like twenty four different settings. <laughs> it's probably against the law to be honest because it was like <laughs> he's only allowed to press it if we're somewhere where there's no one around and no other cars. But yeah, it's just 
fun. And I think yeah. I think we have a bit of a soft spot for quirky ways of travel. Yeah. So that really suits our sense of fun that. and humour, I, I think. <laughs> I think you are at the chins because there's like a um, like a food truck that goes around all the offices where I live mm. um, and it plays the Benny Hill theme tune. Oh, brilliant. And I literally, I, I, do, I govern <laughs> my life by it, by if I'm up and dressed by the time the Benny Hill theme tune is playing, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> then you have to run around it very yeah, fast. I'm like, oh no, I'm like, the lunch van is here and I'm still in my dressing gown. <laughs> Just the way Benny Hill probably would have Ex- planned exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So we're coming to the end of the podcast now and I've loved having you on. Thank, Thank you so you. much. It's been very lovely to talk um, to you. Now I have one last question for mm-hmm. you, but I'm going to have my list here because it's quite wordy. So you've been gifted the holiday of your dreams. Ooh. Okay. Now this can be anything. It doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to be doable. So oh, okay. where are you going? Well, that kind of, I mean, makes me sound really boring because in my head, so Richard and I got married in Italy. Nice. We have no connection with our families to Italy at yeah. all. We just really like everything about Italian culture. So I was thinking I'm really happy just going there. Okay. I haven't been back to where we got married since we got married. And we're coming up to our 20th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that'll be next year. So maybe we'll just go back there and have another big shindig. Because that'd be quite fun. Amazing. So who are you taking with you? Well, we only had 60 at our wedding. So it was quite fairly dinky. Um, but back then we only had one baby. And now we'll take all the kids and the extended family. And of course, all the friends that... You've sort of added in since yeah. that time. Because there's always that, you yes. go, oh, it's such a shame you weren't there. So let's have a big party there, shall we? That'd be really yes. fun. And I'll say, what are you doing there? You're having a party. Yep. Uh, your favourite restaurant, I've said they'll fly in a team to cook whatever you want. What are you eating? Oh, that's tricky because I love so much food. <laughs> I really am very easy to feed because I just love eating stuff. Um, but actually, when I was um, some of my sort of early teens... My mum and I and my stepdad and my brother and sister all used to go to another place in Italy. So it's easy, you know. Um, And there's a beach restaurant cafe. So it's very, very basic. You know, you sit in your swimwear. Your feet have got sand on them. You can see the sea. And it's just all the classics, you know, delicious pasta and fresh fish and really delicious wine. So I'm really happy to eat eat all of that, please. Amazing. Yeah. And your favourite entertainer or band, dead or alive, is available to perform. Who is it and what song are they opening with? You see, that's sometimes a bit tricky for someone that is actually a musician. Yeah. I didn't. I deliberately you didn't. have to say the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't really want any musicians at my wedding because yeah. I don't want them like rolling their eyes, sitting yeah. there going, oh, this is overrunning a bit. Because um, <laughs> I know what they're like when they're waiting to perform. No, but in all honesty, okay, if I'm allowed anyone, I'll have the full original lineup of Fleetwood Mac, please. Okay. I just don't think you can lose with that. No. They can start with Everywhere, so you get a love song to begin it, and then they can just go through all the hits one by one. Amazing. I'll be so happy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And it's I'm been a long In my head, I'm there. Yes. I'm watching them. Woo-hoo. You're watching them. <laughs> <laughs> eating my pasta yeah. dancing to Fleetwood Mac yeah. in Italy it's great Amazing. come yes, I <laughs> thank you so much for watching today's podcast I really hope you enjoyed it if you did please leave a comment below and tell me what your favourite part was don't forget to hit the subscribe button the notification bell so you never miss anything and of course give it a like if you did